Lincoln Park here on the Rock Station, Rock 104, right in the middle of your 40-minute Shut Up and Rock block. We're going to have those Metallica tickets coming up for you in just a little bit. Listen up for that cue, but let's keep your drive home going. Here's Audio Slave, Like a Stone, on Rock 104. Monica Ricks. Boy, do you sound like a professional. <laughs> I had to Jeez. think about that for a sec. I'm like, what bands was I playing <laughs> at that time? <laughs> Very good. Thanks for, thanks for joining us today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Thanks for having me. Why don't you get us started with how you got started? Where did you, uh, how did you end up at UF? Um, I grew up in Miami, Florida and, um, you know, a household full of brothers and sisters. And I think I wanted to stay in the state because I'm really close to, you know, my grandma and my family and stuff. And UF was the furthest, one of the furthest schools away, but still in the state where I can, you know, keep my scholarship and all of that stuff. So UF FSU was never a choice for me, just to put that out there. Um, but UF seemed like the only choice, and it was actually the only college I ever applied to, which was probably not smart. But um, yeah, I got in early, and I didn't join Rock 104 until my sophomore year. So I was this like really <laughs> little, tiny, quiet girl who saw this ad um, in the J School about them hiring. And I said, let me just try it. I love music. Let me, you know, I've never done anything like this before, but we'll see what this is about. So I went up and, and, uh, waited for Harry outside of his office. And while he was talking to somebody else, I remember waiting in the hallway and this dude across the hall was like, don't, bo don't bother. Don't waste your time. We're not looking for any girls. Oh. And I said, okay, hmm. um, still going to do it. And I'm glad I did because I ended up getting the job and I definitely rubbed his nose in it a little bit uh, for a while Alex? after that. No, I don't was, think that was Alex. It was not Alex. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I, I've got two guesses, but I, I think maybe I'll save it for off the air. On who okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's no fun, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Monica, did you listen to rock radio in Miami? Um, I did. I actually listened to Zeta. Um, I grew up listening to Zeta and um, R.I.P. Zeta. Um, but I listened to a lot of different music growing up. So me ending up at a rock station was was also a little wild because, you know, you grow up in Miami and you hear like the stuff on Power 96, which is a lot of like retro music and hip hop. And um, I was really into hip hop as a, as a kid. I would like blast it in my room, uh, you know, in high school. And, you know, you listen to a lot of pop music and Spanish music. And, you know, rock was always in the periphery for me. And I didn't really learn about a lot of the bands that were played on Rock 104, like the classic rock and the active rock, I didn't learn about a lot of that stuff until I actually got in the mix. So it was a really big learning experience for me from the get-go. Really interesting you said that because as we've heard from everyone that's been on, Harry always asked the same questions. Did you have any trouble with his questions? Name a Metallica song or you know, no, because, Jam um, album. It's funny because he would name bands that were popular. You know, so yeah, of course I knew Pearl Jam songs. Of course I knew at least one Metallica song, you know, and, and if, and, and obviously whatever I said worked, or maybe he just saw potential in me, but I got the job. So that's what counts, right? Well, at this time, were you already, did you already have a journalism major or were you just walking through? 
It's weird. I have always known what I've wanted to do. I did TV production in like middle school when I got into it. Um, I did TV production in high school. I anchored my school news. Um, I was immediately on the telecommunications track when I got to UF. And, you know, radio was a start for the telecom track. So you had to uh, take radio classes and all that. And I actually started in sports. I was over at AM850 uh, for a while working for Steve Russell, and I did sports to start out. And that's how I saw the ad to work at rock 104 is just, you know, working in that building, walking down those halls. Um, nice. but, but yeah, I, I, once I got out of UF, I did do TV for a while before coming back to radio, but radio was surprisingly a first love. And I did not, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it at all. Tell us about the experience of getting in there with Tom Krinsky and Steve Russell and Forrest. If you did it, that before Harry, how did it go? It was tough. It's tough. I mean, listen, it's tough for women in this industry, period. But try breaking into sports and having people believe you. And, you know, I just it, it was it was tough for me to, like, learn everything I needed to do um, on that side of things. News came a little bit easier for me because you can't fake sports. <laughs> you know, you either know it or you don't. Um, and with news, it's easy because it's a lot of facts. So, um I worked more with Steve. I did the news side because I had to for classes, uh, but sports was for fun. And then eventually rock 104 was just all fun and a lot of work. <laughs> the more I got into it. When you were in the sports part of AM, did you ever get any cool assignments like covering uh, maybe Gator athletics or yeah. football or anything? Yeah. Well, so I did like a dual thing. Um, because I was getting into TV classes as well at that point. Um, I was covering Gator football and I was lugging around a huge camera on my shoulder. So I was one of the only girls, like young girls that were on the sidelines at the time, just, you know, filming these games. And so I'd use a lot of that sound in radio, but you know, they had, they had the older people do a lot of the bigger sports. So I, my focus was actually on volleyball and um gymnastics <laughs> so um which i actually learned to love because the teams were so 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 incredible um at the time that i was at uf but um yeah i i did volleyball i did i did gymnastics and then eventually i was working with a girl um Jen Bates, who also did sports at the time. And Steve would let us host our own show sometimes. And Jen was like this sports phenom. So she actually took the lead. And, you know, eventually they kind of found me out like, oh, you don't really know as much as you do. So um, eventually I started backing away and, you know, doing more Rock 104 uh, stuff. And I got really heavy into the music side. But uh, yeah, they kind of let us go. I mean, it, it was it was nice to be one of the only females that were that was up there um, and getting into this stuff. It, it made us feel special for sure. Did you get into anything in AM or FM that right away you were like, no, I'm not into this. This is not what I want to do. Um, I don't think so. I think I think there was a lot of assignments that were just new to me. So I, I was always the one that wanted to try everything out. Um, you know, kind of like a put me in coach, like I'll do it. Yeah. I'll try it once. And I don't think, I don't think those classes ever lasted long enough for me to either get sick of something or, um, there was nothing I really ever said no to. 
I ask because there was something for me. I had done <laughs> board hopping. I had done Rock 104. I had done Tradio. I was the APD. And at yeah. some point, I went to Steve Russell and said, hey, while I'm learning everything, I'd love to get my hands in some of the sports because I think I can do it. And I've, I know sports really well. Yeah. And they said, okay, why don't you come in and uh, come in at six o'clock or whatever one evening <laughs> and we'll give you something to do. And I got there and I don't remember who it was, but they were like, okay, write a fact sheet for this Gator baseball game. And I sat there oh. and I thought, this is not for me. And I don't, I didn't even finish it. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to waste anyone's time. I know that I don't want to do this. Oh man. And no, so they I let me, left. they let me do more features and stuff. I mean, I, I can't, I, I never had to do board hopping. I never had to do any of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, and I, and I do think that it, part of it is because they knew I was working full time at rock 104. So they just didn't want to overload me, but no, I never had to do any of that stuff. Thankfully. Well, you know what you said? It's, it's tough for women, but I feel like AM 850 rock 104 that they were really supportive of women on the air behind the scenes. There were a lot of opportunities there. Cause when we were there, Renee Gork was there, Carolyn Schofield. Now these weren't just uh, Renee was doing sports, but uh, I don't think Carolyn was. And I know Aaron Andrews and Tara Williams, do you think you would have had the same opportunities elsewhere or did you encounter less opportunity when you got to outside Gainesville? I think it's hard to say because there were, yes, there were a lot of women on the AM side because you kind of have to, I mean, these are people that are taking classes and um, these radio classes are a requirement. Time spent in that station is a requirement. Now, as far as Rock 104 was concerned, that was a little bit different because when I was there, Lauren O'Neill was the lone woman there for a long time. And then I came and then I was the lone woman for a long time. And then Emily came and then she was the lone woman for a long time. So I think we each had you know, a, a bit of a, a stint where it was just us and a bunch of dudes. And that's fine. It makes us stand out for sure. But I don't think that the same opportunities were, you know, you know I, I, I don't think there were a lot of women on our side because it just didn't appeal to them at the time. Or maybe, you mm. know, they were just overworked in other areas of their school life. But for us, this was our college experience. Were you guys always in the middays? No. Oh God. I wish, um, I worked overnights, uh, to start. Everybody starts there, right? I mean, you gotta get your feet wet. I was horrible when I first started and I'm sure Harry can attest to that. Um, but I started on overnights and then, uh, when Ryan Dauber, we talking? I started in 2002. Okay. Um, so I started overnights 2002 um, and then when Ryan Daubert left, I took his midday shift and then it was kind of all over the place after that. Um, I can't remember who left, if it was Matt Irons or Lauren left first, but I took one of their shifts. I, uh, subbed for a little while on Lex and Terry. And then ultimately I ended up on drive time when Jason Burns left and I took over, I became APD and I was there. I would say that I was afternoon drive for the longest period at rock 104. Did you have a female rock DJ inspiration growing up? I think, I think Jade was on Zeta. I can't remember, or maybe she was on Y100. Um, but I remember Jade Alexander being one of the DJs I 
really paid attention to when I was growing up. But I'm telling you, there is not a, there weren't a lot of females to look up to at the time. It was just it was so male dominated. Radio was so male dominated, especially rock radio. So <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, That's I mean, why I asked about the mid days because in my experience and in, in all the stations I worked at and my time in radio, it was just known unfortunately, I guess, that yeah. you know, it was just the mid days was was the cool chick on all the stations and then on the weekends, middays too. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad Garrett, Harry gave you other opportunities and management opportunities uh, to get your feet wet and in, in other things too in the industry. Yeah. I clean that place up. <laughs> I bet. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but, but no, it was, it was a lot of fun and I did get a lot of opportunities and Harry was such a great boss and, and, and leader there that he, uh, you know, really took the time to listen to our air checks and and sort of guide us to be better. Um, so I really credit him in in really developing my love for radio and and making me better and and really finding my voice because I thank God that I do not have early tapes or anything to remind me of how bad it was when I first started because I guarantee you it was not pretty. This is so naive, but when you start in, in school and you think that you're going to get out there in the world, you know, you, you think automatically that I'm going to graduate college, I'm going to get right to New York, and I'm going to be sitting at that desk at NBC. And it just doesn't work like that. You get tossed into this really small market and you don't know anybody. The stories are kind of ridiculous or, you know, it's just, it's, it feels very small and isolated. And then you sort of work your way up and then hopefully you get to, you know, that big desk you were thinking of in the future. But man, I was so naive when I first started. How about on the FM side, going out to remotes, were you able to practice interviewing people or uh, apply anything that you'd learned already at AM850 to the Rock 104 side? A little bit. And I knew you were going to ask me about remotes. And I've got to say that for some reason, I feel like I blacked out remotes because I hated them so much. There is such a difference from being in front of a microphone and letting your personality out when you're by yourself in a room versus being in the middle of a crowd or standing at a booth with this big Rock 104 label and you have fans walking up to you and stuff. Like I didn't do as great with the people. Um, but sure. Yeah. You, you get used to interviewing people and you can talk to it, it, the interviewing styles get a little bit easier when you're talking to people out there. But I just remember doing a lot of, um, stuff at car dealerships. There was one big one at the O-Dome. We did like welcome, you know, welcome back stuff for students. I just really hated doing remotes. So I don't, I don't think that Harry forced me to do them as much as some of the other guys. I don't disagree. Uh, I have, I think I have a similar experience. It was, you weren't in your safe little space where it's yeah. so controlled. You're out there with eyes on you and there's the additional pressure of it being remote, you know, and what can go wrong. And I've got this crappy connection and <laughs> it's just a different type of pressure than that safe space. In yeah. The and then people are looking at you like, stop looking at me. <laughs> just let me tell you about these cars. <laughs> I loved it. And when I was on 104 doing the morning show, Harry gave me a little more 
leeway than he would other jocks uh, when I co covered other shifts and when I did remotes. So if even though the remotes weren't that exciting, I, I would find ways to make them exciting. I would love that. I, I remember oh. doing a remote at a, a mattress store. I mean, come on, <laughs> a rock station at a mattress store. So you know right, what I they're did? the most ridiculous places. <laughs> yeah, I said, you know what? I said, Let, let's arm wrestle. Whoever can come here oh, God. and beat me in arm wrestling, you're getting this whole stack of CDs. Like, I would just come up with the craziest stuff. So I found it exciting. Yeah, Monica, would... did you have to arm wrestle anyone? <laughs> no. And I was, I was about to say, <laughs> oh, God. I was about to say, I didn't love talking to a lot of people. You're not going to touch me as well. You know, like, we're not going to set up some sort of thing where we have to make contact on top of that. So, no, I mean, remotes weren't my favorite. I know it was part of the job, but yeah. You mentioned the TV production. Were you able to see any of that, get in, you know, put in, put any TV production into practice and get opportunities on air on TV while at RUF or, or while at uh, UF? Uh, yeah, I, I reported a lot. Um, and I, I did a lot of reports, mostly sports. Um, but when I had to do the TV news classes, you know, you have to go out there and, and do your reports as well and projects and all that stuff. So I got a little bit of experience, but it wasn't really, I didn't get the most TV experience until I actually did my internship at the end of, you know, my four years. And I, uh, was interning at WFOR in Miami, which is the CBS affiliate down there. And that I just got a ton of experience there and got my tape together. And from there, that catapulted me into actual TV news for a few years. After UF. After UF, yeah. Um, I did TV for about six or seven years before I got back into radio news. I just, I eventually I was just like, I don't like doing on-camera work. Um, so I, I just got back to radio. Did you have to bounce around from a lot of, to, to a lot of markets? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, my first market out the gate was Wilmington, North Carolina, which was great. I think it was like 136 at the time. Um, but it was a great little beach town. And it was kind of like, all right, you're on the coast. The environment's not too unfamiliar because you're from Miami. So you're, you know, you're not knee deep in snow, you know, right out the gate. Um, but I started out in Wilmington, North Carolina. And then I actually got a job in Orlando, Florida. Um, I was working for Bright House Networks at the time, but now it is um, Spectrum. Um, so I was working for a 24-hour cable news station. And then after that, I went to Huntsville, Alabama. And while I was in Huntsville, Alabama, I was like, I don't think I want to do TV anymore. So at the end of that contract period, I actually started applying for radio news jobs. I didn't know though that was possible. Um, even though I had done it at AMA 50, I just didn't know that there was a bigger market for radio news. So what, what um, made you feel like that, that you didn't want to do TV anymore? I don't know. I, I think there's a lot, there's a lot more criticism. Um, and I'm bringing this back to the women aspect. Like, there's a lot more criticism when you're on TV, like you get nasty emails from viewers or, I mean, social media was around. We had Facebook, but not really like Twitter and, and Instagram. Thank God. Um, but, um, you know, you get these messages saying, what were you thinking with that outfit? Or like, you shouldn't wear your hair like that, or your makeup looks like crap today. Or, you know, it's, it's little things that have nothing to do with the job. And it just, you know, on top of the stresses of the actual job, I was just like, why am I doing this? Why you're blowing, I'm blowing all the extra money I have on like makeup and suit jackets and whatever I need to like look good on TV that I was just 
not happy. Um, so I just, yeah, I started exploring my options while I, I mean, I was still under contract, so I wasn't going anywhere, but, uh, started exploring my options and then kind of figured I'd jump back into radio. And I think it worked out. Seem, sure seems like it. <laughs> where was that first, uh, where was the first radio opportunity after that? It was back in Orlando. I worked at WDBO. Um, they're a great news talk station, um, down there. And I covered huge stories while I was there for like, I think I was there for like four and a half years. Um, but I covered huge stories like the Casey Anthony stuff. And, um, when Trayvon Martin was killed, I was in the newsroom that morning. So we went out to go cover that and the start of the black lives matter movement. I've done hurricanes and, um, all kinds of storms, elections. Like it was just a huge market. You know, Florida's weird. So we got all these crazy big stories while I was there and it allowed me to jump to even bigger markets that I didn't even know were possible. So it's, it was great. I I learned a lot there too. When you started looking for radio work, did you look for FM music or just news? No, I just stayed in news and I don't know why I never came back to that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just knew they were going to make me play a bunch of Creed and Nickelback and I just like could not fathom the idea. But, um, no, I just, I don't know. I love news. I always loved news. I knew that news was something that I, that I wanted to do from a very early age and it just made sense to me. You know, I, I loved radio too, but I didn't see my future in music for some reason. I just, and it was, it was nice that I could blend both of those passions into one. And where are you at now? I am at CBS News now in New York and my news, I am middays. They put me on middays and, um, which is great. And my newscasts go out to every CBS affiliate across the country at the top of every hour, every afternoon, which is insane to think about, but I love it. It's, it's really great. And I've been able to flex a lot of creative muscles here and incorporate a lot of music into my newscasts and just keep the fun stories coming and just do things a little bit differently. And I don't know. I, I just, I can't, I can't see my, I'm really glad that I, I stuck with news because who would have thought <laughs> it's crazy. Is, is this the destination job or do you keep your eyes open for future opportunities? I don't know because I was at I was at some other uh, stations throughout my career and and I really there comes a point where you think like oh this is as far as I can go here you you hit a ceiling you recognize that there is no more room to grow because there are bigger personalities there or other jobs that you know you're not going to be able to get your hands into um, so there have been stations where I'm just like okay this is this is it for me this is, this is now is when I have to move on. But with CBS, like I don't, I haven't hit that yet. So I don't, I don't know. Who knows? For alumni that, that listen to this podcast of RUF that may not have had the opportunity to work at su in such a large market, um, obviously as New York, um, what, what would you tell them is maybe one or, or a few of the biggest differences of, of working in such a large market like that compared to Wilmington, North Carolina? Oh gosh. I, I mean, it's leaps and bounds. Um, but it's also very different because 
when you're thinking about Wilmington, North Carolina, you are solely thinking about that market, like what's going on in that community, maybe even a little outside of the community or in the state and how it's affecting people in Wilmington. But when you get to a national level, you have to think about what that guy in Kansas wants. You got to think about what this woman in California, what matters to them. Um, so it's more of like a like the grand scope of things. You got to think of like, what are the big stories of the day that people have to know? Because after my newscast, your local stuff starts feeding in. So I've got to give you the big picture and the bigger stories of the day. And then your local stations can take over and tell you what's going on in your community. So I think it's just the story choice is a little broader. It's a, it's a little bigger. I mean, not a little bigger. It's definitely a lot bigger as far as scale is concerned. And I'm reaching a lot more people. So I, I think um, all of that comes into play. Where are you staying at in the city? Uh, do you want my address? <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Um, no, I, you know, when I first, uh, it's funny because I, I got a job in New York out of, out of WDBO in Orlando and um, I was wor working over at Fox News Radio for a couple years. And then I went out to LA to work for KFI. And then I came back to New York to work at CBS. So um, when I first moved here, I was in Brooklyn. I was out in Bushwick, awesome little neighborhood. It's been hella gentrified since even when I was there. Um, and now I'm in Manhattan. I'm a little bit closer to work and I'm in Midtown. So it's it's a lot different from my first experience here, which is which is so crazy. But man, I love New York. I asked because awesome. I was born in Brooklyn, so that's oh, why. Oh, get out! Where? <laughs> Sheepshead Bay. Oh, oh, far. Okay. Yeah, but nothing like when I was there, though. I'm sure it's. Man, when I was when I was first looking at apartments here, um, I don't know why, but I was like, oh, let's look in Red Hook. These apartments are affordable, and it's like the furthest freaking community you can think of i would have been on the subway for like two hours a day just going to work but yeah um brooklyn was great and brooklyn is still great i still go out there all the time to see friends and stuff so are is new york home now or are you still a florida girl at heart sports teams florida Gators sports teams or... definitely florida gators all the way i do i follow gator football not as much the other sports i gotta say um, but yeah, college football, there's nothing like it. And as far as Florida teams, ugh, what a year we've had Panthers, the heat. Um, it's just, it's been miserable and I know the Marlins aren't going to do anything this year. So, um, yeah, I'm still a Miami sports girl and, um, I do follow the teams, but I feel like at this point it's New York or nowhere. I, I just feel like I, I am most myself here. I feel most comfortable here. There's so much to do here. I love the city. I love my friends. And yeah, I still go home and, and go to Miami and visit my family, you know, every couple months. And, and that feels nice too. But I feel like a fish out of water in South Florida now. It's, it's very weird. Like, I just feel like, okay, I've been here a couple days, time to go. And it's perfect. One last question. You ever get sure. to rub elbows with any big wigs? media bigwigs or, or anybody that we know? Uh, I mean, when I was at, I, when I was at Fox, I worked with all of the big personalities as well. Um, just because when we were, we were starting a new venture over there. Um, we started Fox news headlines 24 seven, which was an serious XM station that it had never been done before. It was a 24 
seven news cycle. It was all live. And so when we were launching all the big personalities, Shepard, Shepard was there at the time. Um, oh gosh, I can't think of, um, anyways, we had a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Harris Faulkner, like they all, they all came up to, to anchor with us. And that was a lot of fun now at CBS. Like, yeah, I am running into like the, the Gail Kings and the, um, the Nora O'Donnell's and, and all of that. We don't, work together in the same way um, because, you know, CBS Mornings is in Times Square and we're in Hell's Kitchen. Um, so our broadcast studios are a little bit different, but it's surreal. It's it's weird. It's weird. Why am I in the same building as some of these people? It's 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 strange. You know, what's funny is that there were a lot more famous people going through Fox than there than I see at CBS. Um, but that could just be because we are in separate buildings and also separate times a day. Like I don't get into work until almost noon. These guys are done by like nine, nine, ten. So it's it's just a little different. But yeah, New York is wild. I was walking through a neighborhood in Brooklyn. I was in Brooklyn Heights the other day and we walked by Matt Damon and um Emily Blunt and John Krasinski's place. And a couple hours later, no joke, they posted this picture on their rooftop with like Robert Downey Jr. and Killian Murphy. And it's, it's just like, I was just, we just saw them. It's weird. So yeah, New York you just is- missed out. You just missed out on being ushered into that party. I could have been invited and I wasn't <laughs> maybe next time. Okay, Monica, last question, I promise. Tell us how you came up with the last name Ricks. I'm assuming now that that's not your real it's last not. name. It's not. It's an on-air name that Harry actually encouraged me to get because he didn't want me to use my real name. Um, he never wanted any of us to use our real names. That's why you have the Matt Irons and the Jason Burns and and all those other quirky names. But um, I was working sports at the time with Steve and I thought, you know what? Football rosters, those are the longest lists sometimes of sports teams. So let me, let me see what I can come up with. And I ended up pulling, um, FSU's lineup at the time. And Chris Ricks was their quarterback. And I said, it fits. Let's just use that. Um, and, and Harry was right, man. I was getting a lot of jail mail at the time. I actually got an award one year, um, that's how much jail mail I was getting. Um, and, and, and so <laughs> it's, it was crazy, but yeah. So I ended up, I ended up, yeah. From Stark. yeah so I ended from Stark. I ended up taking Chris Ricks's last name and weirdly enough, years later, we both ended up working at Fox. Um, I was at Fox news radio. He was at Fox sports and I wrote to him and I said, Hey, just wanted to let you know, I'm a Gator and I took your last name when I got into radio and he wrote back and said, you owe me residuals. And I thought that was just really great. <laughs> what finished number two? Grossman? Uh, Grossman would not have. Can you imagine Monica Grossman? <laughs> oh, no. Actually, I had been looking at like Monica Manning, Monica. Uh, you know, I was looking at M's and R's because my real last name starts with an R. So I just thought it would fit better. And it just it just so happens I, I landed on Rick's and. Thank God I did. What a great last name. 
I love the idea of you getting an award for most jail meal. It's like at the Alachua, whatever the place was, Conestoga's. First they do like the most dependable, then they do the rock star, and then yeah. they do the jail mail, and then they do the Red Barber Award. Yeah, like and it was the first. And I got both of those, by the way, the jail mail and the Red Barber. But um, That's the jail awesome. mail, Congratulations. Yeah, the jail mail award hadn't been done at that time, but man, murderers love to send you art and really long letters about Metallica, and I got them all. And did you respond to any? Absolutely. No, I did not oh. respond to any. What if they'd gotten out? <laughs> Spano, Spano responded to all of his. Did you really? Every single no. one. All. What do you even ones. say? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Oh. <laughs> I didn't. But I don't want to gloss over the Red Barber Award. Oh, that uh, was. Um, you know, tell us about that. That's a major achievement as a student. I know. It was, you know, it was really surprising and. I, I definitely think I cried when Harry told me that, but um, he was the one that told me, which was great. And and like I've been telling you guys, I sort of had my hands in everything at that point. I was at UFT. I was at RUF on, on both sides. I did sports and news, and I was all over the place with Rock 104, and, um, and I never said no to stuff. So I think it just helped my cause, and, I, and I'm so grateful that – Everybody just sort of saw how hard I was working when I was in school, and man, to get that, I still have it. I still have it on a shelf somewhere. It's it's yeah, awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah you definitely was... uh, you've lived up to it for sure. You've made uh, the Red Barber proud. Thanks, guys, thanks so much, Monica. Really appreciate this. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having right. me. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators. If you'd like to be a guest on an upcoming episode, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or email us at don'ttapptheglasspodcast at gmail.com.